I also walked around my home and, you know, I'm just like releasing God's presence and, you know, I'm anointing the doors. And I started to do things to really shift the atmosphere in my home and take a stand for no enemy. You will not come in this home. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We just release your presence in my home. My children are are world changers. My children are obedient and love you and they are confident in who they are. You know, you just start, they started just declaring what God thinks over my family and over my children. And that started to really shift myself and my marriage. Welcome to the Prophetic Justice Podcast, where we talk with people who love God and work across a variety of social justice professions. I'm Tatiana Burgum, and I'm on a mission to learn from my fellow peers in the field about how God speaks to them and the impact it has on their work. Let's take a look at social justice work through a supernatural lens. Hi, everyone. I am so excited that you're joining us on today's episode because we have Heidi Mortensen, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified Daring Way facilitator. She is the host of the Strong Tower Mental Health podcast through Charisma Media and the author of the book, The Brave Encourager. She offers individual, family, couples, and group counseling for trauma, communication, anxiety, depression, and much more. She also does business consultation and therapeutic supervision. She's passionate about bridging the gap between church and the mental health and wants us to be empowered to be free the way God designed us. She lives with her husband and three children in Minnesota. One of her favorite pastimes is talking with other people and pulling the gold where they don't see it. You can find out more about Heidi at www.heidimortensenlmft.com. You'll find the link in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining us today, Heidi. Heidi, if you want to talk a little bit um, just about what you do mixed in with all of those, because that's like quite a combo um, to start off like... Sure. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and love your show. So thank Thank you you. for doing this. My name is Heidi Mortensen. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and that means in the state of Minnesota. So in our license, um, we have to be licensed in different states. And then I'm also certified in Brene Brown's work. So I'm a certified Daring Way facilitator, which means I am super comfortable to talk about shame. And so Romans 8, 1, where it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus is like one of my favorites. I'm like, what if I feel it? What do we do about that, God? Um, And then so I have a podcast called Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. And I also wrote a book called The Brave Encourager. So I do counseling. I supervise. um, I own a business here in Minnesota. And so that, that really is kind of what I do. And then the podcasting is on the side and I'll speak occasionally, but I do have three little kids and I've been married to Tim for 13 years. So that oh is goodness. what I do. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Tell us about your book. Cause I have seen it on your social media page a little bit, but I haven't dug into it a whole lot. Yeah. So I wrote the book because I, love to encourage, but I don't always get it right. And I see the importance of it when I am encouraged. It really just like lights a fire in me so that I've had people give me encouraging words that moved me beyond what I actually could do. And so I, I take the book and I talk about the importance of encouragement, but from the inside out. So I talk about 
how our mental health is important and we have to forgive, we have to not have offense with other people so that we can truly see the gold in other people. Yes. So often when we're frustrated with other people, we point out what we see. It's super easy to see that, well, you're being lazy or you aren't doing what I want you to do. And so we point out what frustrates us about other people instead of saying, I love you and I'm so happy that you're in my life. And I see the passion that you have. Like we got we have to pull gold and pull out what we see God sees instead of always pointing out the obvious dirt that's in front of us. And so that's really what I talk about in the book. And then I kind of go through, you know, how to do it, you know, sometimes kind of simple, simple encouragement, um, like you're amazing to kind of how do we actually go deeper, which is I do talk a little bit about prophecy in the book. Um, but I know many people don't operate in that, but it's still something that I introduce because it's kind of part of why I'm doing this work. That's amazing. And that goes hand in hand with, I would imagine the work you do as a therapist. How long have you been in the mental health field for? Uh, 13 years or 15 years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I'm curious when you started your journey in the mental health, did you see yourself at this point today? Did you have this in in mind? No, I did not at all. This is not what I, I was just going to be a regular therapist (laughs) and supervisor and go off in the sunset. No, I did not see myself doing this. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Cause sometimes you do, sometimes you can start and you're like, this is, you know, where it's, I want it to go. But Mm -hmm. for a lot of us, that's not our story. And so- Wow. So how did you end up in the mental health field in the, in the first place? How, what was that? Sure. So, yeah. So I was an, a business student. Um, I went to the university, university of St. Thomas here in Minnesota. Um, they have a great business school and I loved all their classes. So I was very, very happy with my, with my degree. And I, my major was entrepreneurship, um, but I had to take a general and the class was psychology of marriage and family. And this class changed me. The professor was one of those really good professors that gets you to be curious, gets you to wonder instead of just him telling you what he thinks he wanted us to start to really think. So I loved that professor. And at one particular class, I remember him talking about, this kind of sounds a little off topic because I don't specialize in this, but he was talking about porn. And that specifically shifted my mind about that because I didn't really it wasn't really that big of a deal. I didn't think it was a big deal. And he shared the the idea that if you are focusing on porn, it actually takes away from the beauty of your partner if you're married. And your eyes start to wander into something new and something different away from the beauty of your marriage. And it opens the door to some other, other things. And then you want more and you want more. And I was like, Oh, I never thought about that. And it stirred something in me to, and I remember there was a moment in the hallway where I, I had this like little, I'd kind of drop in from the Holy spirit that was like, you are now going to go into this field. You are not going to be a regular therapist and the happy families is what makes the world go round. And so I had this like right there and right that I knew, okay, got to figure it out. What do I do? How do I get a minor in psychology? Or what do I have to do to go into this field? And I knew I would have a kind of a different um, perspective of being a mental health therapist because I was a business student and it wasn't something that I was like going to school for. That's so God. I love that because I think 
I I often think truly the best mental health professionals are those who didn't start out doing that. They were the ones who who started out in business or doing anything else and then, you know, get led into this field because of God or their desire to help or whatever it is. So I think that's so cool. And I would imagine that your business business experience has helped you throughout your career in mental health. It definitely has. I I own a business and you know, so that that has very much helped. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you had said that God had essentially told you right in that moment, like this is what you're calling as a piece of it. And Mm -hmm. so if you don't mind me asking, what was your walk with the Lord like around that time? What was happening? I Yeah. So I would call myself a lukewarm Christian. Um, I didn't know that at the time. So I didn't know that that was God dropping that in for me. I had no idea. Um, I would wear a cross on my neck. I, you know, thought Jesus was really awesome. I would occasionally maybe read a Bible once in a while, but maybe Mm -hmm. devotion, like just once in a while I was getting drunk on the weekends. I was in college. So I wasn't really uh, pursuing the Lord. Yeah. Um, in a very, very, in, in the way that I am now, but here's what I would say about that. I didn't know that that wasn't okay. Like I, I had, okay. and I'm not going to blame it on anybody not showing me because even if someone did show me, I maybe wasn't ready to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, but I, I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say that I was like discipled in the way of, okay, right. the Bible is really important. We really need to be renewing our minds and getting right. your mind in the Bible. I mean, I thought it was yeah. boring. Yeah, I didn't see the excitement of the Bible and of church, um, except a friend that invited me to this assemblies of God church that I thought was super cool. And that's where I got saved when I was 16. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but again, I wasn't discipled and I still just kind of did whatever I wanted and I'm a nice person and, you know, but I was not walking diligently with the Lord. So it really wasn't until you looked back kind of over as your faith grew and you realized that God was speaking to you at certain moments in your life that you really realized that this was Mm -hmm. a God moment. Yes, absolutely. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. And I agree. I think well, so a piece of my story is that I also, um, I was a Christian, but I was doing all the things I shouldn't have been doing in it and all the places I shouldn't have been. And mm-hmm. I, I just didn't understand what it really does in the, in the supernatural and you're, you know, for every yes. action, yes. there's a reaction yes. in the spirit. And so yeah, no one and it, teaches you that. Right? right. And it's not something to feel shame about. I right. think when, when I, I think something that we don't really do the greatest in the church about is, is really coming alongside to really allow people to experience the love of God instead of just, you need to do this and you need to do that. And it's, he's not this like dictator. He is a loving God that brings us truth and he's kind. And so when I was able to really learn about that, I was like, Oh my gosh, what have I been missing my whole life? I was so excited to, to really like relearn who this Jesus was, who's been pursuing me my whole life. Cause I didn't know. And I, I had it, I got it wrong. So I, I really thank you so much for sharing a piece of your testimony because that really, I feel like God is going to use that to just speak to someone who's listening right now. What I find really interesting about the mental health field is that even I don't know how to say it because I haven't said it out loud, I guess. But even if you are not a Christian, it is still such godly work that you're doing in the field. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't think that many mental health professionals really understand that they are like literally doing they're the hands and feet of Jesus, like to the most vulnerable, the most hurting people that are coming through their doors. And that was that's one thing that God is continually showing me. So I have worked in the anti-trafficking field for about five years. And a piece of that is working in the mental health realm. But it was pretty obvious to me that I was like, no, this was because of my faith, but I really felt like I was, I was the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment for that person. But I, I don't, think a lot of people feel that way and obviously it's based on your faith and where you're at and right. so I'm curious when because it sounds like God called you pretty quickly mm-hmm. in your edu- in your younger years and as you were going through your education at what point did you really realize I this is like connect like this is a spiritual career like what I'm doing is is that's really a, that's a good qu- yeah that's a good question um and I think you're right on about people doing things and not realizing that they're the hands and feet of Jesus. And I think it's more than just the mental health field, like nurses, teachers. Um, so there's many so that, true. that are doing things um, that don't that's realize great. that they are. 100%. Yeah. So I'm with you on that's a good word. Very good word. Um, so when I realized it, I was walking it out as I was pursuing it. So like I, I knew, I knew to go to a school that integrated faith, you know, so I'm pursuing that. I went to Bethel University that they they teach you how to integrate your faith in with the work. So I was learning it. However, the element of the supernatural didn't start to come in until I was faced with it myself. When I was face down, you know, in the dirt, I'm a mess. What the heck is going on in my life? And that was about five years ago when I really started to learn about the power of God and the fullness of the kingdom, not just, uh, you know, Jesus is kind, Jesus loves us. Let's read the Bible for, for some teaching. Um, but he actually is a miracle working God and he can heal us and he can change things in your life. Um, so it just like blew that. That's the part that I would say I, it really blew up. And I really yeah. learned then how to partner with Holy spirit in my work. Um, so, okay, Holy Spirit, help me in this work. You know, I'm still doing the yeah. same techniques, but I'm bringing in the Holy Spirit to help the work that I'm doing. That's wonderful. So, okay. So can you explain when you had said you kind of align with the Holy Spirit and the techniques that you're doing, what does that look like played out? Do you, do you know what I mean? And I know you, you can't give too much detail, but what does that look like for our listeners? would you say in the work that you're doing? Yeah. I mean, so when you are talking to somebody and you allow your flesh to guide you, you might ask a lot of questions, you know, like if you're talking to a friend and they're struggling with something, you might say, well, what, what was going on or what happened? Or let's say that they're, they have a boyfriend that is being, not being very nice. And so you're trying to be a good friend and you might, your response also might be whatever you think. So you might say, you know, well, he's being a jerk or you need to get rid of him or you need to break up with him or whatever. We kind of have some fleshy responses. Um, and the holy, this therapist response 
would be, tell me more about that. You know, how do you feel? And, um, oh, wow. Let, and just kind of sit in that. Let's, let's sit in that and notice what that's like. Thanks so much for telling me you're so brave. Um, but the Holy Spirit work, when you invite the Holy Spirit in, you are now listening to God, not just yourself and not just the client, not just the client. And so it's Holy Spirit. What do you have for this person? And this is different work. So it depends on each person. So sometimes it would be the Holy Spirit showing me to slow down and just listen. Like that's my, like you're literally listening to what that client needs in that moment. And so they might need you to just listen. They might need you, need you to affirm who they are. Wow. Thank you. You know, do the same therapy stuff. Thank you so much for telling me this. You are so brave. Do you know that who you are, that you are a daughter of the King? I want to remind you of that. You know, and you, you put in encouragement and edification in the midst of this difficulty while saying, oh, tell me more about that. You know, so you're, you're integrating that in while still listening And then the Holy Spirit might say to you to ask a question that you wouldn't have asked if you didn't ask Holy Spirit. So maybe there was some domestic violence that they haven't actually shared with you and you, they're not wanting to share it with you. (laughs) Their plan was to not share it, but that you can say, you know, I'm just, I'm just wondering if there, there was any physical violence that happened. And I know you might feel a little unsure to share it, but just know that this is a safe place and, and it opens it up. The fact that you even brought it up is now, I mean, they, 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 they can't not share it because there's that safety there. And the Holy Spirit's the one that's moving that conversation to happen and something that needs, needs to be discussed. Wow. That's so good. Have you, have you noticed, cause you were saying it's about five years since you really mm-hmm. started to have the shift professionally and then personally as well. And so looking back for you, what does that before and after look like? (laughs) Uh, Well, so I'm a really intense person and I'm really passionate. (laughs) Um, And so I will like, I get on the edge of my seat and I'm, you know, and I am in it with my clients. I am like a hundred percent, like so in it. (laughs) I go to bat. I, I will often work harder than the clients, which is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what looks different for me is that I still am intense. I'm still passionate, but I slow down now. Mm. I don't, I don't go at it um, at Heidi's pace. And I understand that the client has a pace that aligns with God's and God can push things along quicker, but he doesn't, he's a gentleman and he's not going to push somebody to process trauma when they're not ready. Right. And so he's slowed me down to really learn and listen to where they're at, what they're needing in that moment. Sometimes all that you're needing is somebody to say, I see you. Right. They've never been seen and they've never been seen in the way of like, oh, I'm sad. Oh, it's okay to be sad. Like some of us just as simple as that. We haven't had somebody just sit with us in our emotions because we have parents that are like, oh, don't be sad or don't be angry or, you know, like we have a hard time with kids having tantrums when sometimes they just need to have a tantrum and we just got to let it fly, you know, and we've got to be able to be more tolerant with difficulties and and moving through conflict and, and navigating those things. Um, We don't need to be so high strung and controlling Mm -hmm. everything. It's like, you know, your kids are going to learn, they're going to be okay. Um, Yes. We want to protect them, 
but we want to we want to teach them how to rumble through their own emotions and so sometimes me just kind of letting them be is just so holy spirit so god and so what they need yeah and it allows for the movement from that into a place of okay now i can start doing the trauma work or i can start yes. doing the deeper work and um, so that that would be a big change for me is that I'm not so much of a hustler and <laughs> trying to let's go change, let's go change. You know, it's more God's pace, yeah. the client's pace instead of Heidi's pace. Oh, that's so true. I found that in my work with people as well. I think it's been a challenge for me, I'll be honest, because I really well, especially when you have the education, you have the passion, like you just feel like, you know, you're like, I got this, I'm going forward, this is it. And yes. then when you add in the Holy Spirit, it really does slow things down. And I had to get comfortable with that because I don't move, at least in my work life, I don't work or I don't move at a slow pace. You know, I would always go based on whoever I was working with. But as far as like, listening to God, that's been a really huge process for me is the slowdown. And I don't think we talk about that enough is that when you, well, there's this idea that when you align with God, or you are trying to do things act with God, that you are like, it's going to come right now, like this is going to happen. Or even in the moment, you're like, okay, God, like, I'm listening, like, let's do it. And sometimes it's like, you don't get anything and you don't get anything because you God wants you just to be still in that moment. And so I just think that is something that we, we don't talk about enough is we when we say working with God and aligning with God, that sometimes that means you're at a standstill with God, but you have to understand how you can be okay with that in a work setting. Well, that's actually what I needed to do myself. You know, when I first, yeah. when he first started shifting me and he started showing me that he's bigger than I thought. Mm -hmm. The the biggest word that he said to me was be still for I am God. So for a whole year, I just was purposefully silent. And I started to slow down. Like I go to family functions and I just, I listened more instead of talk because I always was talking and I found out everybody's always talking and we all are talking and nobody's listening. And so I started to slow down and really just see people. Yeah, really see people. One of them that was really cool is my youngest brother. I really started to just see the way that God sees him and just an amazing father he was. But I wasn't doing that before. I was just going a million miles an hour and I started to slow down and really just see people the way that God sees them. And it was just so beautiful. But what I also had to do is because you hear about people that talk about soaking, like you need to soak. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't want to soak. I have no desire to do that. And you like literally said, for like yes. an hour or two hours, just like listening to soaking music and, and just sit there and listen and wait. And it was painful, Yeah, but it broke things off of me. It was wow. so important. It was like fasting, you know, to some people, yes. but for me, I needed yeah. that. And I now can go into that place of peace quicker and the, the presence of the Lord can, I can feel his presence right there. Like he's yeah. with me because I would, I allowed that time and space to break off, you know, that busyness and the fast pace and the talking and turn to just sit and wait for him. That was big for me. It honestly sounds like God did like a shift of your identity, like completely. (laughs) He totally did. Yes. He 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 totally did. What wasn't him. That's so beautiful. That's what, I mean, and that's what he does. I mean, he aligns our identity with him 
Mm-hmm. And we're aligned with him. We're made in the image of God. And so, yeah. yes, there's still aspects of me that's still me. You know, I still have my same personality, but, you know, more of right. those, the, the the pieces that are significant for purpose and for meaning and for life, like those became more aligned with God. Wow. Oh, I love that so much. When you had talked earlier about family, happy families, how have you seen that? shift or have you seen it shift? Or I I guess I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to ask, but it sounds like that is a piece of what God wants you to do is to, to bring together that piece of a happy family. And so what has that looked like? I guess, even in your personal life, in your own family, has that played out? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that that was really important for me was that my husband and I got marriage counseling and we weren't in a great place and we were not at a peaceful place in our marriage. Um, And that really shifted both of us. Um, We'd always had gone to church, but God started to become more alive in my life and his life. Um, Another book, um, I had a, a family member who went through some difficulties with their marriage shared with me the power of the praying wife. And I started reading that book out loud and it changed the atmosphere in my home. Um, I also walked around my home and, you know, I'm just like releasing God's presence and, you know, I'm anointing the doors and I started to do things to really shift the atmosphere in my home and like take a stand for no enemy. You will not come in this home. Holy spirit. We just welcome you. And we just release your presence in my home. My children are, are world changers. My children are obedient and love you. And they are confident in who they are. You know, you just start, they started just declaring what God thinks over my family and over my children. Um, and that started to sh- really shift myself and my marriage. Um, I started to learn there's some, you know, you know, when you realize that you're not communicating very healthy, <laughs> I had to learn how to not be gaslit. Like we, we had had some yeah. unhealthy manipulation that was happening where, and here's the thing, this is why I can work with those kind of clients is because that's not our intention. Like my right. husband's a really good guy. I'm like this good person. Like yes, yeah. we don't know what we don't know. And yep. so when I started to realize, I was like, oh, gaslighting each other. And like, then Mm -hmm. I started digging in with curiosity and I was like, okay, this is going to be hard, but God, I need you to help me. I need you to help me not allow him to gaslight me. And so I literally in a situation when normally I'd argue back, I like stopped and I was like, nope, I'm not going to engage God bless him. Holy spirit, help me. And I'd be like in the middle of this, like really difficult moment. And he wasn't happy because he wants me to engage with him, but I shifted the you cycle of that. right in the middle of this like potential argument. Like yeah. it's, these are the moments where God yeah. moves is right there in the moment. It's not always yeah. in these big, beautiful moments. Yes. And I started to get courage like, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. My husband's a good man. You know, yeah. that's not how he's wanting to talk. And I was like, we're gaslighting each other. We need to learn how to stop wow. doing this. And we started yeah. to work with each other to undo what we were doing yeah. and asking Holy Spirit in. And so yeah. this did literally happen in my home. This yeah. wasn't just what I was doing, but but that's what God did. Like, as I learned about what God can do, I was like, okay, I can, I can practice what I preach. Yeah. Like, I can't just be doing this in my office as a therapist. Right. I need to be doing this in my home. So right. I knew that was a really important thing that I needed to do and shift. 
and now it's like amazing my husband is so wonderful and we have a great marriage and so yeah great. we like have bumps once course, in a while but yeah but we can talk about it I'm not afraid to bring it up he's not afraid to bring things yeah. up and we we navigate things and I can say how I feel like yeah. I don't before it was like oh just don't bother mm-hmm. don't share it's not going to go anywhere now I can actually share how I feel I think a lot of people are gonna are, can relate to that especially if they're in a marriage and or a relationship and so when you were talking as well about being able to shift the atmosphere of your home, is that something that you like, do you train the people that you are doing therapy with? Like, do you train people how to do that? Cause I think that's such a key is to be able to, I mean, you can, you can literally shift with God, the atmosphere that you're standing in. And so is that something you're able to teach people as they work with you? Yeah, I mean, it, so you can do this because I, I work with in a secular place. So it's not all Christians that I work with. And if let's say you're not Christian, you literally if, if so, let's say you are in a this is Christian or not Christian, you can be in a really good mood. And then you like go to the grocery store and all of a sudden you notice that you're not in a good mood anymore. You start to feel anxious. You need to be able to recognize that's not you. You're picking up on somebody else's anxiety you were fine before now you're not. And so then you ask God. So if you're Christian, you say, Holy spirit, what do I do? And you listen and God might say, release peace, you know, or release my abundant peace. And so then you just say, God, I release your abundant peace in this place. Peace on to every single employee, every single shopper here. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful place. We just bless this place in your name. And if you're not Christian, so if I would say the same thing, I just say, we just release peace. That's all. Yeah. We just release peace. It's still the same thing. It's the recognition of it's not you. It's God. And that, yes. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big thing to recognize because I think some of us are very gifted Mm -hmm. and we don't know that we're gifted. We think that there's something wrong with us because we're picking up on everybody else's stuff. Um, and this is something that I feel this could be a whole other show on that. Um, but <laughs> yeah. on even like diagnosis like schizophrenia and bipolar, yes. um, there are some very significant spiritual gifts that they have that because Absolutely. people either in the mental health field or sometimes even in um, ministries aren't able to actually teach them how to hone in on gifts and take medication at the same time. Yes. You, gotta, you have to be yeah. taking care of yourself. You got to be going to counseling. But then also learning, how do I use these spiritual gifts while getting this mental health help and see, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe I actually, God is doing something in and through me. I just know, I don't know what to do with it because it's too overwhelming. Yes, People who see in the spirit, it's like, ah, they just see all this darkness and it's just, it's too overwhelming for them. And then they end up feeling like they're going crazy. But the reality is, God's actually given them a gift to see. And so they have to get their soul healed. They got to get those, those places healed that have been wounded and invite the Lord in to start to teach them, maybe shut it off for a little bit. Hey, can you shut off that gift a little bit so I can get some, get a breather? (laughs) Can I breathe a little bit and um, get some peace? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, sorry, I kind of went off a little bit. No, 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 no. It's not a tangent at all because that's a piece of my story is that I like ever since I was young, I've been able to see in the spirit. And, you know, it was like when I was, I mean, when I was doing my thing in college and not 
following God like I should have been. But my, I mean, I could walk into a bar and see things on people. And it was like, I, I prayed one day, I was like, God, take it away. And it was like the next day it was completely gone. And so I would say that was a while ago. And now as I, the last five years, like you said, same for me is like, God is, there is a moment that happened that God has just shifted everything and has realigned some things for me. It's been a a prayer of like, God, I'm ready to have what you, the gift that you've given me and to steward it well Mm -hmm. and to be able to um, listen to the Holy Spirit and come from a place of purity versus a place of just, I don't understand this or a place of judgment or whatever it is. That's so, so good. It's it is real, and God. I mean, I think it, I am at a point now where I felt shame that I had prayed mm-hmm. to ask God to take that gift away. Because mm-hmm. when you understand it and you grow in the ways that we're growing, especially doing Jenny Weaver's core group, it is such a gift. And I felt like shameful for asking God, like, take it away because I don't want it. And so mm-hmm. now I'm at a place where it's like God did that to help me like it was a good thing and we can pray like I just need a few (laughs) I need a few minutes here yeah absolutely because if you if we aren't properly using the gifts they can be harmful yes I mean we see many people who are in the pulpit that are very Mm -hmm. gifted and they have many issues and they're not dealing with them this is why I think mental health is such an important topic yes and why we have to be able to not be afraid to talk about things and we have to give Jesus our shame, talk to our friends about the shame and not hide things because that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to hide it. And there are very powerful, gifted people who are in powerful positions that are very wounded still. Yes, absolutely. We just need to be able to just get real and get healed and then continue on with your gift because we still need your gift and it's beautiful and we love it. Yeah. But it has to be in a way that's, that's sanctified. Absolutely. I would also just be curious about as a mother, how have you seen this play out as well? I just, I think it's so cool that you're a marriage and family therapist. And then to see like all of the things that God has done in your family. I mean, it's not a mistake. It's like goes Mm -hmm. hand in hand. And so I'm just curious what that looked like um, as a mother for you as well. Um, so just what are, so can you clarify what you're yeah, asking? Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, as you were saying, like with your husband and how mm-hmm. you two really worked on the communication mm-hmm. and really allowing God to come into your marriage, how has that played out in your, with your children? Yeah. So because I'm a therapist, I talk about a lot of things all the time. And so they're aware of things. Like I'll talk to them about what I do and I'll explain things to them when I see people. So if we see someone who's homeless, I'll talk to them and I'll explain, you know, they probably have some struggles at home and we'll literally, I'll talk to them about like people who've gone through a divorce and that, that can be hard, but sometimes it makes it better because there, there, there was, there was fighting in the home. And so I talk about all this stuff at a developmental level. So I kind of see where they're at developmentally. Um, If my husband and I have had a fight, we will actually talk about it in front of them, like afterwards and say, we are sorry that we fought in front of you guys. We love each other, but this is part of what we want to do is to work through this and to talk through this. So just know that this doesn't have anything to do with you, but it's part of being married. We're not going to always get along and it's not going to be perfect. And so we bring that into our children so that they can see that. Um, cause I don't want them to think it's perfect. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I do also, I yeah, 
Yeah, I do also talk to them about um, just different religions, different cultures, you know, so we were, I really, because I, I love cultures. And so we'll talk about, you know, that's where they live, or they live in this part of the world, and they have an accent like this, or their skin is this color. And so we talk about different cultures. But also for them to, you know, just to know they're not in their small bubble. It's not just right. where we're at here. Um, and to really just see, like, I happen to be just born in the family that I was born in. Like, right. you know, like it's, yes. I think oh, sometimes people will yeah. think like, well, I'm special because I'm special, you know, and it's like, well, I just, and the Lord actually showed that to me with, actually, I think it was during George, George Floyd, like the, you know, the people talk about the pennies that, yeah. um, that, you know, from heaven, you know, that you can't see yep. the piles of pennies. And like, and I was like, yeah. maybe born in the family that I was born in. And I'm like, I'm no different than anybody else. And, you know, and it's, and it's not that I'm not special, but he loves us all and we're all chosen. Yeah. And so we then just have to agree with him and say, yes, God, thank you for choosing me. I choose you too. Yeah. And allow ourselves into that place of being special um, so I just, I, I talk oh, to them so about cool. a lot of stuff yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. any sort of opportunity or if something shows up, I'll explain, you know, what happened or I'll say, what do you think? And, mm-hmm. you know, if they have a, a kid that they're struggling with at school, I'll right. ask them what, what's going on for them and how they're feeling and what they're thinking. And, um, I try not to jump at what I think right away and mm-hmm. try to get them to talk and to speak and, yeah does that that's so good answer? yeah that's I feel like that was speaking to me because I, I'm really trying to just let God come into my parenting I think that's like mm-hmm. the one area that mm-hmm. I'm not fully surrendering to God and so I'm trying it's been like I would say over the past year just to God has really convicted me about some things as a parent mm-hmm. and then to be yes. able to give it to him and so what you were saying really hit home for me and it's really beautiful. I think Aww, you're so really good. walking out what God has really called you to. Oh, thank you, Tatiana. And I actually visually like gave my kids to Jesus. Like yeah. I saw myself like with nothing and I'm like, I give you my kids. I give you my husband. I trust you. Mm-hmm. And I'll, mm-hmm. I do that, you know, not regularly, but I will occasionally, like if I feel like I need to kind of like right. do that again, and just say, I trust you with my kids. You know, they're, yeah. they're yours. Like yes. he's, he's allowed me to be the vessel to raise them. They're yep. his kids. Yeah. Um. So I yep. don't have that like wound up tight, you know, controlling. Yes. Yep. So there's things that I'm not always perfect at. You know, I have my oldest daughter definitely would love more mommy time. And she'll mm-hmm. tell me that, like, I just want more time with you. So I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, you need to remember me. Yeah. Remind me to go in yep. and just be like, Hey, how's it going? And I got to check in with her because we could just get busy and distracted yes. and she really needs that time. Yeah. So he's kind of, he's helping me and reminding me and yes. the other ones have, they're just different. So yeah. it's kind of learning to hear what they need and give them that special yeah. time. Yeah. I love that. And that's, that's so funny. Cause that is what God is showing me recently, even this week with my kids is like what he has for me as their mother is different for each of them. Like it's not the same even yeah. though you you're all living in the same house it's just it's different for each kid yes. and so that's a really beautiful thing and it goes back to that you weren't born in this family by mistake nothing is by mistake and in mm-hmm. everything god has purposed out so trying to help them see that that like you are here for this reason and it's bigger than just this family it's like bigger than you'll ever you know yeah go, but yeah and i when they when they would leave school um the last couple of years, I would 
tell them, go change the world. Yeah. So that would be like, so I, I'll say things like you're a world changer, you're courageous. Yeah. You know, I, I, I make sure to kind of make big encouraging comments to them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think mm-hmm. that I've seen more and more mothers and I wonder too, if it's a generational thing as well, but I've seen a lot of younger mothers really speaking differently to their children than even I do with my children as I watch mothers who are, you know, in their twenties now, mm-hmm. um, raise their children. And even, you know, just women at church who are young mothers. I'm like, there's something different about these younger generations of parents. Mm-hmm. Like it's just mm-hmm. a different freedom that mm-hmm. I don't see in my generation or necessarily general, like we, it's, we have to learn, it's a, we have to practice it. And I feel uh, like it's just as God is just, I don't know. I don't know. I just have noticed it's different for them. I don't know what that, why that is, but anyways, I just was thinking about that. Hmm. Also one thing that, well, so you and I are part of Jenny Weaver's core group. Anyone who is interested, I'll put the link in the show notes to Jenny Weaver's core group, but it's a mentorship program and she is teaching us each week about deliverance and um, things of God and the prophetic. And so I am really curious because I have an answer myself, but I, I love talking about Jenny Weaver core group with anyone who's in it, but what has that done for you and your, your work and your life since you've joined it? Cause it's, so it's a different level. Yeah, it, it is. Um, so before, before I joined it um, and when I started to learn about the things of the supernatural and integration with mental health, um, I just had a lot of questions. Um, a lot of questions for God, like, God, you said that you can heal people. Can you heal mental health? You know, like I would just ask a lot of those kind of questions to him. And I was like, I feel like you can, I, you can, you know, like, and then he'd like answer for me. And he's like, yes, like I can, I can heal mental health. And I'm like, and you can heal marriages, you can heal eating disorders, you know, like, he, he just started to like, give me hope for all these things. Um, but in the mental health world, you you don't just have depression, like it doesn't, it's not like a, you know, like cancer just comes and whoop, you have cancer, whoop, you have depression, like it doesn't yeah. happen like that. It happens from attachment wounds from childhood, it happens from um, disasters and trauma, Um, abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, like it happens from something. Mm -hmm. And it, and it, this is where our soul gets damages, our souls, our mind, our will and our emotions. And so I then started to learn about inner healing. Besides, you know, like I'm an EMDR trained therapist, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So it's a very effective trauma technique that I love. Um, And so I do that. But I was like, okay, now I want to learn about inner healing because I want to learn about bringing in the Holy Spirit into this work. So I'm learning about inner healing. And as I'm learning about inner healing, I'm like, there's still some things that are missing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's still like, cause, and I work with dissociation. So I'd see people and mm-hmm. I'd hear about churches that would do deliverance on someone and they'd cast demons out of this person and they'd be worse. Um, and so then I'd find out, okay, what's going on? Like I, I don't really understand all of this and I don't think this church does. So as I'm learning about dissociation (laughs) with inner healing, I then had to get myself more equipped with deliverance and understand the difference between a part of a self versus a demon. Mm -hmm. And most churches get it wrong and they're trying to cast out demons, but they actually need to be understanding dissociation and they need to learn how to work with parts. So I was actually really curious to hear 
how Jenny Weaver was going to manage the mental health piece. And so I was excited to join the core group to really kind of bridge in the combination of deliverance with all the work that I'm doing and just see someone who's been operating it freely Mm -hmm. and confident in it. And so I grew in confidence. So that's what I would say that I grew from joining Jenny Weaver's group is that all the things that I kind of was wondering and questioning, um, where I'd like, I think about it because of, but I'm not in a community of people that say, yes, this is real. It solidified it by being in her community. Like, no, nope, yes. this is real. You're not weird. This is all real stuff. There, there's a spiritual wow. realm that is very real and it's more real than the physical realm. Um, so, cause you can get really drained when you're not around that, when you're not yes. around people who talk the language and it, it, right. it, one of the, the lies that I would hear from the enemy is like, Heidi, this, you're, you're weird. This mm. isn't be going after these things. Oh, like, yeah, just stay yep. this normal therapist, like don't do all yes. this stuff. And, yes. and so I definitely think that was the enemy coming in. Um, but it's because I'm not in a community of people speaking that language. Right. The so by getting in a, key. yep. Getting in the community of people who speak that language and understand the supernatural and 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 see, they can see in the spirit, they can hear things, they're going after the voice of God. It is encouraging and it is uplifting. And so it really just helped give me confidence um, to keep doing what I'm doing and keep listening to God. Um, but I would say something that I would speak into my work is that I really honor my clients. Yes. So I don't push something that a client right. is not at or not comfortable with or not wanting. Um, I really honor where they're at. So it's why I kind of love being able to, you know, go do ministry work because, you know, you can just let it fly and and people are so much more open where the client work is, it's just a lot different. It's so different. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very different as you were talking. It was really interesting because God showed me the DSM, the DSM, and how we look at this DSM as professional mental health therapists. I really feel that God just showed this to me as you were talking that like (laughs) that for everything that is in the DSM that man has put in it, there is like a thing that God has also put in it Mm. as a a solution or a way to heal whatever it is would be like like the prognosis. That's not the term. Symptoms. 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 Yeah. And so it was like, um, that's something I had truly had never thought about before. It was like, we look at this book to get like, oh, this is what I have. This is what you have. This is like what makes sense, right? For your symptoms. But we don't go to that next step of like, what is God's solution for this issue? Yes. And so that's good. Do you think that as you in the work that you've done as a therapist, would you say that you I don't know how to word this. I'm just going to say what I'm thinking is that as you are working with folks, do you feel that every time God gives you a solution to whatever it is, is happening in that person's mind or whatever is happening, you know, as their symptoms, I guess you could call it. I feel like I didn't make any sense there. So if God like shows me a solution, do I yeah. follow through with what he shows me? That or... Would you say that for everything that that a person might have, there is in the work that you've done a so- spiritual solution or a spiritual like f- uh, 
fix to it? Yeah. Nope. That's a good question. And the answer is no, okay. not every time. It's okay. not always spiritual. And I think we in the church can over-spiritualize things yes. and we can say it's a demon, it's a demon. When really yep. what it is, is we actually, a lot of the times we just need to walk out a healthy choice right. and we have to physically do something. And I think Jenny right. Weaver talks about that, yes. that we have to actually be obedient. We have to do the things. Yep. It's not just let's just get cast a demon out or let's just have a therapist pray for us or do this cool EMDR session. And I'm good. Mm -hmm. Most, most of it is as a therapist, I'm there to kind of help them along and coach them along and encourage them to make the healthy choices, you know, go and talk to that husband about that difficult conversation and come back and support them and say, good job. That was awesome. How does it feel? So proud of you. Mm -hmm. And you like, are that encourager along to do something you've never done before and then have them walk along with it with you there by their side, Yes, you know, in the midst of, okay, here, I hear it. Here's a solution. You know, like we don't do deliverance as therapists. So I'll, you know, I might say break the lie, you know, we break strongholds and stuff like that, but actual deliverance Mm -hmm. I'll like, okay, let's, ref- you know, we refer yes. out for that. And yeah. so we have somebody else do that. I do some inner healing techniques. And so I might say, Hey, I have this inner, you know, there's this inner healing technique that yeah. I can do. And are you open to this? And so I'll suggest it, or we could do EMDR and bring in Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll suggest things as I feel that they are ready. Right. Right. Thank you for the, what you said made so much sense to my question. That made no sense. Something no, else. but, but I think, I mean, I think what you're, what you're asking though, is like, if somebody has a mental health diagnosis, yeah. we know God can heal them. Yes. So why not just yeah. say, come out in Jesus name and you're yes. healed. Like why yes, not yes. do that with depression, with anxiety, yes. with PTSD and eating disorders? Like why not? Yeah. So the why not is because it doesn't just come yep. from a simple little drop of trauma. Yes. It comes from years and years of attachment issues and trauma that has to be unfolded. Mm-hmm. And I know that some people, some people in the in the church would say, oh, I don't believe in inner healing. What God says about you is true. Yes. And that's all you need. But again, that can't doesn't just come overnight. We have to be sanctified. Yeah. And so as you work with a counselor who can say, I am with you in this, I will walk this out with you as you start to learn to trust you can then open up about the things from the past and then get them healed yes that's god's healing them that that's deliverance so he's actually delivering you but the way that deliverance works in counseling isn't like Mm -hmm. dramatic Mm -hmm. like how it is sometimes with jenny weaver not that it's always like that right deliverance in counseling will be yeah you know, you have a memory from age five that you were yeah. thinking that you weren't worthy. And now you do EMDR on this memory and you realize, oh, oh my good. gosh, my dad actually was just, yeah. just lost his job and he wasn't making a good choice with how he mm-hmm. treated me. And I forgive him now. And Jesus was there, you know, and they're able to like get this, you know, this narrative, this preferred narrative right. of the story and their brain literally gets rewired by going back into these trauma memories and their and then their body then responds and their body gets healed their emotions shift the how they yeah. think about themselves the cognitions the beliefs in their brain about how they see themselves changes yes oh yes. i'm loved i am worthy i am okay. important my dad did love me yeah he just didn't always make the greatest choices, but I forgive right. him for that. And I love him, you know, like, yeah. so we can, we can heal from these things. And that's, that's deliverance. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you know, so it just looks different. It does. I really love that. I have so many questions off of what you just said, but one thing I'm really curious about, because one thing we talk a lot about in core group and it's even, I think just in, in the field in general, but core group, it's like that generational piece that can come in through the bloodline where Satan can come in and attack based on what's happened in your generational line. And so have you seen that play out in the work that you do or have you, are you at a point in your work where you, you've, you're looking for those pieces of it? Come on, girl. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. And I have a secular book about this, um, which is fascinating to me. It's called It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wolin. Okay. And he literally writes about this and he doesn't call it generational wow. curses, but I'm reading yeah. this and I'm like, this he's got scientific, scientific evidence on why we sometimes do what we do and we don't know yeah. why we do it because we have a grandma who never processed her trauma from her loss so we're now taking on this generational curse that is coming into our family yeah it is wow. so significant so i do I'll a like genogram that. yeah it's like it's an awesome That's it's an amazing. awesome book um and he even quotes the bible a couple times in there and um so even if, you know, like you'll wonder like why, why I drink and my dad drank and his dad yeah. drank. And so there's these things where we just kind of like are loyal to our family, but it's like yeah. invisible and we can't see it. And so we feel connected to them, mm -hmm. but it started for, from some reason, you know, there's some pain yeah. that came somewhere. And so we have to go back. This is the different way to do it. I know that they'll say, well, break the generational curse in Jesus' name. You actually would go back to the past and find out where that emotion, where that feeling wasn't honored. So let's mm -hmm. go back into grandma's feet and let's feel the grief grandma felt when grandpa died of the mm -hmm. war, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that pain that she felt that she never processed. Wow. And so let's go and just feel what grandma felt. Yeah. And we honor grandma. We love grandma. Yeah. But now grandma doesn't need to drink you know, or right. whatever it is, like right. we can right. shift that history. So it's just a different way to like break the generational curses. Um, and then I also do a genogram with every family. Mm -hmm. So it's like a family tree that I draw. Yep. You can see patterns. You can see why people do what they do. You know, like somebody's not a jerk just because they're a jerk. Right. Like I truly right. believe yes. that everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. And so yeah. it comes from somewhere, it comes from some coping mechanism from some parent or some aunt or uncle or some, you know, adoption or whatever it is. Like it doesn't, people don't just drop in and aren't kind. Right. It comes from someplace. Right. right. And so with that, I just love how you explain that. I've actually never heard it put like that because you always hear it in deliverance term about um just like breaking the general generational curse you break it through prayer but that what you're saying makes so much more sense and also goes back to the trauma piece of it where you have to go back through your trauma and really really go through that again wow thank you so much that's amazing so I guess as we end, we're going to come to an end here. And I would really love to hear what God is saying to you in this season, either professionally or personally, what you're hearing in this time in your life. Yeah. So I'm really, really hearing very loudly that he is with me and he does not leave me or forsake me. Like I just have this like cloud or bubble or whatever it is that you call it, that he's just there. 
Um, so even if I, there's something that happens or if I'm bothered by something, I can just be like, oh, but you're here. Oh, but you're here. And so that, that reminder that he doesn't leave me, it's, it's this truth has really just dropped in for me. Um, and then one other thing is that he is really praising and he's in the little successes. So yeah. like when we have a little success, like, like I was talking to you about with like my marriage and stuff, yeah. I would praise God in those little successes. And he's in that right now. So that he's saying, no, even though you feel like you're three steps back, but you're actually two steps forward. So you're further than where you were before, even though you're still going uphill, you're still struggling, you're still having a hard time. You're doing so much better than you were. And let's keep praising God, even as we're going up the hill. That's a word. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much. That spoke to me and I know it's going to speak to our listeners. So if you don't mind, I'll end it quick in prayer. And then is there, um, what's your website? So folks who want to reach out to you can do that. And where is your book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's www.heidimortensen.com. So I will spell it. It's H E I D I M O R T E N S O N dot com. And then you can find my book on Amazon. It's just the brave encourager book.com and you can, or not.com, but you can also get it on my website as well. And then my, my podcast is the strong tower mental health podcast. All right. That will all be linked in the show notes. So check those out. So, um, all right, I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Lord, thank you so much Mm -hmm. for this conversation with Heidi. God, I just thank you for all the wisdom that she holds and all the things you've done in her life, God. And I just see so much more, so much more adventure, Lord, um, and a shifting of seasons, God. And so I just pray for discernment, Lord, as she's trying to um, know what's for her in this time, God. And I just thank you for everything that she is, Lord. And I pray over her family protection, God. And I pray um, just continued blessings in her marriage, Lord. And I just thank you so much for for this woman of God. And I pray that you'll just guide her steps as she goes. Thank you. Amen. All right. Heidi, Amen. Thank you so much. You're Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to the prophetic justice podcast. Before you go, show some love by leaving a review, subscribing to the show and sharing this episode with a friend. You can connect with me on IG at prophetic justice podcast or by email at propheticjusticepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes.